Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast where we tell Irish stories. My name is Aaron and I am not sitting in the office with my sister Surika because, well, I'm sure you're aware of it and if you're listening back to this you're probably sick of hearing about it but we're on lockdown. So I am recording this podcast in the comfort of my own gaff which has gotten a lot less good since I've spent so much time in it. But I'm recording it in the wee hours of the morning because that's when my housemates don't go around the place clattering trinkets and, and cups and pots and cans because they're, they're a no- noisy bunch like. I tell you, I tried to do this a few times and they're just, I love them, but they're a noisy bunch like. Um, so apologies anyway for any... Um, discrepancies in the quality of this podcast. I'm sure Oisin Ryan, our producer who puts everything into a master design sound cloud magic system, will some way work magic and make it sound lovely. Um, oh, I think there's a door getting open there in the background. Don't worry. Didn't happen during the story. So... Um, who's up it's like I have to anyway I shouldn't tell you that the wee hours are, uh, are, are a nice time for working on creative things when you're inspired I'm going to get into uh, this story very quickly won't uh, delay too long so if you're a fan of this I would encourage you to go to patreon.com forward slash candlelit tales if you would like to support us thank you very very much for the new patrons that we've gotten in especially this time guys to be honest because all our gigs are you know off and that's how we uh, do work and life and living um, so thank you for supporting us and motivating us to do this I'm recording this on a little handy zoom recorder that we bought off the money that was given to us from our patrons so thank you patrons for all of that if you can't afford it don't worry about it if you'd like to support us by sharing this podcast or telling your mate about it or telling a story to someone else and just being deadly uh, that's all good too and that's all I have for you now uh, I'll be telling you a story in a moment we have a few bits and pieces going out in the live stream uh, we'll try to do our best uh, with that and um, get some stories out to you we hope we keep them well we hope you're keeping safe and uh, Dermot and Gronia, part two. If you haven't listened to part one, you could do that first, actually. Uh, you know, one becomes before two. Anyway, no more further ado. Here we go. Dermot O'Divna had ruddy cheeks, curling hair and pearly white teeth. He was one of the greatest warriors of the Fianna and he was known as the greatest lover of the Fianna too. Perhaps due to his love spot, the Bull of Shirka. Some say it was given to him when a beautiful woman, youth herself, kissed him on the forehead when she left him into her bed. Any woman who saw this spot fell madly in love with Dermot, so he wisely grew his hair long and kept it over the love spot. Dermot also had a gesh on him, never to pierce the skin of a wild boar, and the story goes that it was due to his own father, 
Miss Gish. You see, a woman named Cochrane had two lovers, Rock and Don. From Cochrane, Dermid was the son of Don, and Congus was the son of Rock. One day, the son of Rock and the son of Don were out playing. The son of Rock ran between the legs of Don for fear of an animal chasing him. Don squeezed the child with a sudden burst of anger and killed him. Rock walked to his son, took out a hazel rod and struck Congus, changing him into a wild boar. He gave life back into him by putting a gash on him to hunt down one day kill the son of Don. And from that day forward, Dermid had a gash on him to never pierce the skin of any wild boar. So Dermid took his grandfather's name to be known by Dermid, grandson of Dimna. Now he was a sight hold before he even began to move and when he did you couldn't take your eyes off him he moved with such grace and ease and agile strength no movement wasted more energy than it needed no moment caught him off guard and no blow was fast enough to ever hit him when he was in full flight strong agile and quick as well as beautiful in every way or so they say Maybe it was because of this beauty and brilliance that Angus O became his foster father. Or maybe he became this brilliant because Angus was his foster father. Some say it was Angus O, the god of love, who gave Dermot the love spot. He was, after all, the god of love, so it would make sense. But his form of love was to bring the beloved dead from the resting place in Brunimonia through the veil of this world and the next and into the resting place. Not usually the romantic type of love, but it could have been. Whether he did or not, we know only that Angus Og always looked out for his foster son and gifted him with the brilliant blades Moraltok and Fiogor. The great fury and the little fury that had been given to Angus by Manannan MacLear, the king of the sea, the god of the ocean. He also gave Dermid two great spears he wielded, the Gebui yellow spear and the Gedarig, the red spear, which inflicted wounds that could not be healed. Handy for a fight. He was said to use the Gedarig and the Moraltuk for matters of life and death, while the Gebui and the Bjogaltuk were used for lesser battles and hunting quests and the like. Now, Dermid left down the Gebui next to the campfire that Grani had made and stared into it as she began to prepare the meat for them on this particular night while they were still out on the run. They had gotten into a rhythm of being out on the run now at this stage. The 
He would hunt, snare rabbits in clever tightening traps, catch salmon jumping upstream or smaller fish with hooked bait, and they would come across their tracks. And if they came across the tracks of a wild deer, they'd hunt them too. While Grania would forage for berries and herbs to make tea and drinks and she would start the fire and wait for Dermot to return. But Dermot was silent this particular day. He stared into the crackling fire and thought about the Fian. They had become lovers while being on the run, although it took an extraordinarily long time, in Grania's opinion. But now Dermot was silent. He was thinking of the leader, Fionn Coo. It was said that Dermid Odivna had saved Fionn many a time, and in so many battles he had fought, it was said that he had killed over 3,000 warriors, and the time of the hostile quicken tree when Dermot Odivna saved Fionn's life by facing down the king of the world himself and Fionn narrowly escaped with his life that day all thanks to the quickness and brilliance of Dermot Odivna's brilliant blades but Dermot thought sadly of all of his friends in the Fian that he would no longer get to see Oshin and his own son Oscar Fear Fiaku, the bold Conan whale, and even his brother Gull McMorna would be a sight for his sore eyes now, he thought. So there was sadness on him, and he could not help himself with just a little bit hate himself for falling in love with the woman he would also blame for bringing him into this mess. That night, as he cooked the fish in the fire, these two lovers argued for the first time. They argued because of Dermid's silence. So Grania asked the silent brood in Dermid what was wrong once, and then a second time before he answered and told her he was fine, the sort of fine meant to stop asking but Grania was not one to let well enough alone and a third time she asked him what was wrong with him and it all came bursting out of him then that he had never asked for this how he was lured away by her away from his home the only family he ever knew and loved robbed away from him all for the longing of someone he had no intention to even talk to, let alone to run away with. The fish was burnt, but they had to move now anyway, heeding Angus's advice to always be on the move. They kicked out the fire, and before the dogs of the fiend that could be heard barking behind them, they left and ran away to eat it at the end of the valley they were standing nearby. They ate in silence, spitting out the charcoal, and made to move before they made their first bed of the night high in the rocky outlet. 
Waking up halfway through the night, Dermot turned to wake and move and go in search of a second resting place to sleep in that night. And he saw Grania was already awake. She's sitting on the rocks, letting her heels dangle over with tears falling from her face. She said she didn't ask for any of this either. She didn't ask to fall in love with him. She didn't ask Fionn to come for her. What could she do? Dermot felt shame then. He went to her, grasped her hand and wiped her tears away. He swore to her he would never be the cause of her sadness, the reason that she cried They heard the hounds barking and they had to move. But they left that valley together as a team moving to find another bed to rest their heads beside one another. And after that night they had many adventures. The pursuit of Dermid and Grania went all over Ireland, the length and breadth from north to south, the highlands, the lowlands, Boglands and cliffs, the beaches and plains and everything in between. And everywhere Dermid was hunting, Grony was gathering, finding beds for them to rest their heads all over. And so many of the beds are littered throughout the land, the high hills where Dermid and Grony had their beds, or the burial stones, that's where they slept too underneath bushes, often in trees, by slopes and all over. There was many adventures too, too many to list. The time Dermot faced the fleet of the green champions by the Shannon, while he used trickery and cunning games and feats to fight many and distract others until he finally had to use the Moraltuk and the Gay Darig fight them off in a bloody battle and steal Grania away to run away for another day. But much time passed. Grania became pregnant while still running. Now she had pain so bad in the early days of this pregnancy that there was nothing she could eat without throwing it back up. She began to become weak and pale so Dermot asked her if there was anything that could cure her or help her in any way, knowing she must know of something, and knowing he wouldn't stop until he found it. He asked her, but she wouldn't tell him. And he knew she was holding it back, but she couldn't eat, and in her sickness he demanded she tell him what to do, because he really didn't know what to do, and he needed her to tell him so he could feel useful. So she asked Dermid if he knew the rowan tree in the woods of Ross. It was guarded by a giant called Sharavan Lochlanach. Surely he won the Lochlan. One eye he had and could not be killed by drums or fire or any blade or weapon that was not his own great big giant club. You see, there was a great match of hurling 
day, she told them, between the men of day and the Fina of old to see who were the greatest players. The ever-living ones came with provisions from the plain of promise with nuts and berries, and a harper of theirs dropped the berry while he was playing the harp and watching the game. Don't you think it was a bad idea? He didn't notice until the following year and the great rowan tree with the fruits of the people from beyond the veil growing on it. It was magic to cure any ailment in them. Well, the magic folk, they set a guard next to it. And knowing that he could not be killed of drowning or fire or any weapon that wasn't his own great big giant club, they thought he was a pretty good guard. And Dermid figured she'd be wanting one of those particular berries. Nothing else in the world could do her without correct. She smiled sweetly at him then. He was off. And he came towards the rowan tree and he saw a huge giant with one eye, the surly one. But even his throws at the gate, Derek, and great blows he was throwing into it with the Moralta could not stop Sharaban, the surly. Very black and ugly he was, having crooked teeth, that one big posthumous eye glaring at him in the middle of his forehead. So Dearman waited till he get a great swipe at him and then jumped out of the way as the huge club went over his head he ducking under and around and managed to knock it out free from his hand then he took the great club and struck three great strikes to the head of Sharavan the surly one they went up then to where the giant used to sleep in the taller branches where the sweeter berries were at the top and there in the giant's bed they lay together and while Dermot stretched out his hand and took down berries and fed them to Vanya who wouldn't eat, she said, anything that wasn't given to her from Dermot's hand and to Dermot's relief she ate them then she ate as if she hadn't eaten in weeks and I guess she hadn't so she gorged on these berries and she became full and fattened with delight from them and after she fell into a deep sleep. Now Dermot knew that the Fina were hot on their trail. They were close behind. He could hear the hounds coming but he didn't want to leave. Shortly after saw Oshin Oscar his son going on even Gull loping towards them and they were there with all of the men of the Fianna and Dermot looked down to see all of the heroes his brothers in arms looking for his trail but they could not find him then he saw young Clure walking asking, demanding, had any sight or sound of Dermot being found. Now, Dermot thought Fionn glanced up at the tree, but he was well hidden in the skies and the branches. He knew he couldn't see him, but he suspected as Fionn McCool sat down and called for a chessboard that he wasn't going anywhere, because he might be suspecting Dermot was still around. Oshin went to play with Fionn, 
help to get engrossed in this game. And he watched as Fionn McCool played his son Oshin. And Oshin was not the greatest tactical player, you see. Fionn and Dermot, however, often had great games of chess. One would beat the other one day, while the next would win the following day. But Oshin was more of a poet than a tactical chess player. And he was about to make a terrible move, so Dermot grabbed it very and threw it down with accuracy to land on the right point of the board to place the piece. Oshin, quick as you like, moved the piece in his hand to where the berry had landed. Fionn grunted and glanced up at the branches, but they continued their game and, well, after a while Oshin seemed to just wait and a berry would land exactly where he would need to place the next piece. And this was how Oshin won the game against Fionn stood up in anger throwing the pieces on the board to the ground saying I did not lose to you Oshin Dermot Adivna beat me and he's in that tree he roared up and Angus Og appeared next to Dermot Adivna's shoulder Gronya awoke full of fright and fear for the Fina were gathering around the base of the tree but Angus Og offered to wrap them in his magic cloak and spirit them away. After that, they had not many more close encounters with the Fianna. But time kept on moving. They kept on running. Dermid and Grania were so good at it now that Grania was able to have four kids three sons and a daughter but eventually she asked her father the high king if he would do anything to calm Fionn McCool down see if there was some way of getting peace between them after all so much time had gone by perhaps it was time Angus Og delivered the message to the king and the wise man was now to refuse one of the magic folk. Messages were sent to Fionn and the rest of the Fina begged with the messenger for Fionn to find out this facility. Lands were given to Dermot and Grania and their children. They were allowed to live in one place in peace without fear of the Fianna following finding them and they were out in the west of Ireland they were left there great home lands plenty of space to hunt wild game and fish and train whatever they wanted to do with the lands and no sooner had they landed in their home than Grania began a preparation for a great feast a year and a day went into preparation. She got drink from all over the world. All forms of grain were brought into the house. Every form of meat in the banquet hall was elaborate. And so she sent messages to all of the seven battalions of the Fianna to join them in their home. 
preparations were done to have a reconciliation worthy of the feast. The feasting went on for so long that it was almost as long as the preparations itself. And they kept feasting for an entire year, celebrating the peace now found between Fionn and Diarmid, although there was little love throughout the whole of the year. Dearman noticed this, of course, and saddened his heart. But after the year went by, he still knew he was not part of the field. He was looking out of his lands, daughter Eichdach was at his side, and Fionn came to his house. He asked him to follow him Now there's a steeliness in his eyes. The Fianna were called to help. There was a terrible beast plaguing the people around the foothills of Ben Bulban, and Fionn asked Dermid for help. So Dermid took up the gay boy in the Gavalto and went out to help Fionn and the men of the Fianna in this hunt. And they went up the steep slopes of Ben Bulban and came to the table top of it. And the mist had descended and landed in heavy now. And they heard noises of ferocious beasts hunting them, it seemed, as they were trying to follow or find any tracks. And out of nowhere, the boar's deadly red eyes came running towards Dermot, who leapt back, knowing he was under a gash never to pierce the skin of a wild boar. He had no choice but to swing at it with Bjogaltuk, but the sword itself shattered in two, and the wild boar gored Dermot through and through, and Dermot took the hilt of the sword and dashed the brain of the boar. Seeing blood fall all around him, filling up in a pool, he looked at Fionn and felt his death. He'd gone pale now, knowing this was a death blow, his entrails now leaking out into his hands. He looked at Fionn. He said, you can save me. One drink from your cupped hands because of the turned and walked to a stream and knelt down and pulled the water into his cupped hands and as he was walking back to the dying Dermid he let the water trickle out between his fingers when he got back to Dermid his pale face looked agonised to see Fionn he asked him why had he not forgiven him after this long year's peace and truce begged him now for a drink of water from his magic cupped hands to heal him. And so Fionn turned around again, berating himself, shaking his head it seemed, and he knelt down now determined to save Dermid, a son of his and one of the Fianna. 
They turned around something in him. He came frustrated and before he knew it he had made fists of his hands and the water had trickled away once more. So he came to Dearmond with nothing but dismay. He ran back to the water determined now to save Dearmond's life who was still wheezing behind him his last breaths beyond new and he grabbed up the pool of water in his hands and he walked steadfast towards him holding this water knowing this would save him he poured it into the open mouth of Dearmond Odivna who was already dead killed by the death blow or Ben Bulgan, some say, was the son of Rock, come to fulfil the gash his father put on him to avenge his own. And Dermid Odivna, the beautiful one of the Volshark, died as beautiful as the day and herself. Thank you very much for listening to that story. I hope you enjoyed. Please do give us some feedback if you have any. Uh, this story was actually requested and we were delighted to dig up some more research and go hunting through the archives and find some uh, great versions of this in Lady Gregory and elsewhere. Uh, they're in the show notes. So I've copied up uh, a few of the links that I used for this uh, story and uh, Sarok and I talked it out as well I guess and how we uh, create these stories tends to be an over Mac usually we have a post show chat discussing just that and we're separating our podcast now because of isolation we're phoning it in that means kind of like an excuse but not really uh, this time we're phoning in our live chat I mean we're phoning in our post show chat uh, as a separate podcast so tune in we're going to be doing them on Saturdays uh, from now on as a live thing that we do so that you can ask us questions we found with the last thing that we did it that people from all over the world tuned in from Australia uh, who is it Bulgaria a, a woods in the middle of nowhere that was gas uh, Seville someone from yeah ages away like ages away we're in Little Ireland there and like people from all over the gaff is, is listening. That's gas. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to support us on patreon.com forward slash candle tales, that'd be class. That helps. Sorry for the noise of the door. Uh, it's the wee hours of the morning and someone just got up to go for piss or get a glass of water. You never quite know. Um, I <laughs> do apologise if the quality of the volume and the uh, thing isn't quite up to standard I'm not in a studio, I'm in my gaff hence the isolation thing is there anything else I need to tell you before we stop this I don't think there is really uh, we love myths, we love legends we love stories, we miss telling them to people in the same room as us it gives us a lot of life and love that we can share with people and it's really beautiful to do and it's a form of creativity that I've fallen massively in love with because 
it's so inspired from the moment and you get so involved in what you're saying and feeding off from people giving you in a live atmosphere and in the last year we've tried to recreate this in our podcast and give uh learn how to do this in a different medium and uh thanks to Oshin Ryan who played the music for this and uh, I guess produced this piece for us as well or these podcasts for us as well we've managed that uh and thank you for the listeners who've given us feedback as well uh, we will be back doing more live stuff soon and I hope you're keeping well. We've been looking up some very interesting stories because there's a lot of wisdom in these old stories as well as entertainment and gas crackology. There's a lot of light in there and that you can really shine into the darker hours, I guess. So tune in. We'll be sharing some more positive stories that are important to listen to characters like Fintan, McBokra and the likes uh, shout out to the Harbour Bar who gave us control of their Instagram live, that's going live on Wednesday uh, but if you're listening back to this, it might be up on YouTube, follow us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel because we're putting our live videos up there and other video content as well and that's enough from me guys, I hope you're keeping well and uh, yeah you